0: Welcome to The Extraordinary Catholic, co-sponsored by the Catholic Education Foundation and the Station of the Cross. Today we are privileged to welcome to the program an extraordinary Catholic, James Lakoudis. Jim is a former college instructor in history and government with more than 20 years of teaching experience in public and private education. A nationally known writer and lecturer on catechetics, sex education and liturgy, has published many articles on these and other subjects of interest to the Catholic laity. He was co-founder and leader of Cradle of Buffalo, a chapter of Catholics United for the Faith, a lay organization formed to promote the truths and doctrines of the Church. In 1977, Jim translated from the French René Casson's St. Thomas Aquinas, Orthodoxy and Neo-Modernism in the Church, and is the author of several books dealing with sex education and the ecclesiology of the Eastern Orthodox Churches. Author of many articles on liturgical problems following the current reforms of the Second Vatican Council, he co-authored The Pope and the Council and the Mass, Christopher Publishing House, which has been hailed was an outstanding defense of Pope Paul VI, Ordo Mise. A convert to the Catholic Church in 1952, Jim Lakutus has since devoted a great deal of his efforts to foster the reunion of the Eastern Orthodox Churches with the Catholic Church. He has lectured extensively in the U.S., Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and England about the many issues affecting education family life, and the role of the laity in the church. James Lacutis is the 2002 recipient of the Blessed Frederick Ozanam Award for Catholic Social Action. Married and the father of six and grandfather of 35 children, Jim is President Emeritus of the internationally known lay association Catholics United for the Faith and lives with his wife Ruth in Montour Falls, New York. Welcome, Jim Lekutis. Thanks for joining us. We are privileged to have you with us today.
1: Very good of you to invite me.
0: Oh, thank you, Jim. And I honestly don't know where to begin uh, because your career has truly been prolific, um, not the least of which is the 35 uh, grandchildren.
1: Uh, <laughs> and the last two are twins, identical boy twins. Oh, God they're three and a half years old now, and they're... There are pride and joy.
0: Ah, God bless you. So, you certainly uh, you're not you're certainly not responsible for the diminution of uh, of Catholic population at all.
1: Uh, Well, that's a serious problem, of course, in the church. I know it. Diminishing number of um, Catholics in the United States, and um, the numbers are sort of obscured by the fact. The declining numbers are obscured by the fact of all you know, twelve million illegal immigrants. Hmm. So there's been a population control mentality that has attacked the church in the last 40 years and has had a uh, devastating impact. And it affects everything in Catholic life and marriage Mm -hmm. and education. Uh,
0: I was going to ask you, but let's start with that issue. I was going to ask you, uh, with your body of work over the years, uh, what the issues of most concern to you were and how... How you see them being uh, lived out today and and how you've tried to fight for them, so why don't we start with the issue of population control?
1: Well, I think um, uh, perhaps an even deeper uh, problem uh, which goes into the capitulation to you know population control mentality and uh, the contraceptive mentality. But the even deeper problem is the lack of catechetical or educational formation of Catholics themselves. Hmm. So Catholics are sort of suckers for every fad and folly that comes down the media pike. And this lack of uh, uh, knowledge on the part of Catholics concerning their own faith is at the heart of all the problems that uh, we're faced with in a rapidly secularizing United States. So I've been trying to deal as best I could, and um, with the aid of many others in Catholics United for the Faith, to overcome the catechetical ignorance of so many Catholics, which have left them basically victimized by the, the popular fads and follies and stupidities and ideological nonsense that's been promoted the last 40 years in the United States. And one of those, of course, is the, 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 the contraceptive mentality where children are regarded as uh, as uh, the enemy. Uh, children are regarded as uh, uh, an impossible burden. And uh, I remember Mary Calderon saying some years ago she was that leading sex educator who came to Buffalo many years ago and and uh, basically said that pregnancy was a disease. <laughs> and with this kind of stuff being spread by the media, and even in government circles, and um, institutionalized via legislation, I mean, the federal government spends millions and millions of dollars for population control. And basically um, millions of dollars going to Planned Parenthood from the federal government to basically undermine Catholic and other Christian family life.
0: What, uh, what have you tried to do about it, and what, if anything, is the Church doing about this?
1: Well, unfortunately, we have the problem of dissent in the Church, where you have those who continue to call themselves Catholics basically subverting Catholic doctrine, or not expressing belief in it, or just uh, engaging the conspiracy of silence concerning these, these uh, very serious issues. As a Catholic organization we have tried to encourage parents to you know live up to the standards of Catholic family life Vatican 2 had a uh, a great deal of teaching with respect to the proper role of parents and education uh, what parents ought to be doing to combat the secularizing trends of society meaning uh, you know life without god mm-hmm. And uh, we've tried to organize parent groups and um, also cuff chapters, chapters of Catholics United for the Faith, to uh, try to, uh, in a visible way, give support to and to defend the teachings of the Catholic Church on all family life matters. And, and Unfortunately, you have opposition even from within the Church by dissenting groups called Action, for example, or... Any of the other organizations that were uh, excommunicated by Bishop Bruskowitz, uh, the Bishop of Lincoln, Nebraska, who actually excommunicated dissenting Catholics who no longer believed Catholic teaching and tried to continue to pass themselves off as Catholics. So, as an organization and also as an individual, I've tried my best to reach out to others Especially through media performances. I remember being on quite a few Geraldo shows. Oh, really? And um, a number of other such programs, uh, which were where I found myself debating priests and religious in terms of, you know, what constitutes Catholic teachings. And what was their position? The problem of dissent is a very serious one.
0: When you were debating with. uh religious, priests and nuns, I suppose, are brothers, uh, what, was, what was their point? To ha- how did they defend their, what I'd call, anti-Catholic view?
1: Well, they tried to fall back on the so-called findings of science, you know, biological science, or the social sciences, or uh, some new philosophy, and uh, trying to justify their updating Catholic teaching. They would regard their perversions of Catholic thought and uh, principles as basically a development arising out of the new sciences. And this is simply part of, you know, modern life. Uh, The church has to adapt to modern life, you know, what the media have uh, basically promoted as uh, something, you know, good for the individual. Uh, You have individualism sort of gone mad. Hmm. Uh, Every individual... Thinking whatever he wants, regardless of the standards of moral justice and truth. Uh, Pope Paul, uh, Pope Paul the Sixth, and of course now his successor, uh, Pope Benedict XVI, have have said much concerning the, concerning relativism and secularism and the kind of uh, excessive liberalism that has simply gone beyond the pale. And it is these ideas that have floated around by intellectuals within the Catholic Church who have simply uh, followed the currents of relativism and individualism, thereby attacking and subverting Catholic doctrine. Certainly the sexual revolution of the 60s has had a tremendous impact because it it was uh, furthered by some Catholic so-called intellectuals some years ago when the uh, Catholic Theological Society of America backed a book on, uh, on uh, sex, uh, which basically sanctioned not only contraception, fornication, adultery, pornography, but also bestiality. Mm. Mm. So here, here were people who actually call themselves theologians uh, who certainly gave that word a very bad name. And I think we should be very careful of so-called theologians. The Pope has been criticizing theologians um, since he's assuming the pontificate, saying that really you can't call these people theologians who do not support or defend the teachings of the Church. They're not real theologians because they're not thinking with the magisterium. They're not thinking with the mind of the Church as expressed by the Pope and the bishops, uh, who have given us very definite directives and very definite teachings on faith and morals and um, we will see what the pope does when he comes to the united states because already you have quite a few newspapers saying pope coming to seriously divided catholics in america hmm. yep. and i'm sure he's going to deal with some of that sure some of that problem
0: in case you have just joined us this is the extraordinary catholic and we are talking with author Jim Lakoudis. In terms of the sexual issue and the population control issue, uh, was what kind of role or how significant was the role of Yumani Vitae and the dissent around Humani Vitae uh, contributing to that?
1: Well, the dissent in the church was basically over the rejection by so-called Catholic intellectuals and some theologians following Charles Charles uh, E. Curran of Rochester, a Rochester priest, who led the revolution against um, Humanae Vite, And soon he had about 800 uh, people teaching in universities and colleges supporting his stance. And unfortunately, uh, the bishops did not deal directly with this threat, with this menace, which has only resulted in the spread of dissent among Catholics. Who think they can contracept at will, or fornicate at will, or engage in adultery at will, and it doesn't affect their status as you know members of the church. So the sexual revolution was directed against Catholic teaching on contraception. It all it, actually even before that, back in the back in the '30s, you already had the attack on the church in terms of. Uh, many wanting the church to accept divorce and remarriage. Uh, the controversy over divorce in the 30s opened the Pandora's box of all the other sexual sins which were to spread in the church. And, of course, in the last number of years, as we know, the sexual scandals, the clerical scandals uh, over abusive priests uh you know, has been a very, very sad development. But it's been sort of the natural effect of dissent in the church resulting from the attack on Humanae Vitae by people who call themselves theologians, uh, like uh, Charles E. Cohen and there are so many other priests teaching in seminaries, in universities and colleges, and even in our high schools, who brainwashed uh, basically a whole generation of young people to accept secular standards... Concerning human sexuality,
0: short of the uh, short of direct intervention, by the Holy Spirit, uh, what is it that you are doing now, and we can all do to reverse the tide?
1: Well, simply speaking openly and publicly where we can, by letter writing, by appearing on various programs. Uh, uh, remember Donahue? Yeah, yeah. I think he was just on Hennedy the other night. He was. was on quite a few programs with this uh, basically dissenting Irish Catholic,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who in his heyday had quite an influence. Where if Catholics appeared on his program, they're actually booed by the audience, this as well right. as taken to task by um, by Donahue himself. Yeah. So Geraldo and Donahue, and so many other programs back in the seventies and the eighties, um, they did a lot to. Uh, to attack let's say Catholic culture. And so it's up to the Catholic layman today to be active and to publicly speak out and allow himself to be intimidated by the secularists and the relativists and the individualists of our time who are simply at work destroying the moral fabric of American society as well as as well as injuring you know the church itself. So the answer to our problems is basically, this is what Vatican II basically stated in in, in many, many words, Uh, the church needs an active, uh, obedient, and uh, knowledgeable Catholic laity to come to the defense of church and state. You certainly can't have Catholics uh, voting for pro-abortion politicians and politicians who are openly supporting population control measures, contraception, divorce, and so many other moral evils.
0: I heard Obama's uh, statement the other day that um, if his children got in trouble or uh, made a mistake, he would not want them to be punished by, children, by having children. Uh, I was in disbelief when I heard that.
1: Well, that's typical of the kind of uh, sex education that uh, has been shoved down the throats of millions of Americans. Uh, it was a great failure on the part of parents not to oppose the sex education movement in the schools. Mm. Once they allowed these sex ed programs to come into being in their public schools, they lost control of the educational process. Yeah, and, so now, look at what's happening in the public schools And morally.
0: And remember, or if you remember, in New York State... Uh, they didn't call it sex education, they called it health education. And, uh, well,
1: they were very clever. They
0: and, and were clever said, in
1: the way they duped people, but if you examine the content of their health programs, it dealt with sex.
0: Yeah, it, I think I was on the early edge when I was an educator in 1968 teaching in a Catholic school where they mandated health education, and that was controversial to the extent that uh, the, uh, showing a kid taking a shower was caused a big stink. And uh, today that's obviously very, very mild and tame compared to what the...
1: What very the, mild and tame, to be sure.
0: What the curriculum is. So,
1: the, you know, you have some school instructors handing out condoms, uh, No they chattering about sex in the classroom, destroying the sense of privacy and reserve and reverence, which always must accompany the sexual sphere. But once it's so publicized and through the so-called educational system, you have a, uh, a very d- destructive ethos being spread in schools, where the kids become jaded, they become boisterous, they become sexually uninhibited, and you have uh, a sexual delinquency following. But that's almost uh, extremely difficult now because sex education is so entrenched as a part of normal public school education. And unfortunately, it's come into our Catholic schools.
0: Right. And I remember so- back in
1: 1967 in the Diocese of Rochester. I was absolutely appalled at what was happening in the, in the local public school uh-huh. that um, children were attending. We, we tried to fight it. It's the Catholics on the school board who put the program in. Hmm. And as far as the diocesan schools were concerned, I wrote Bishop Sheen at the time expressing... Uh, uh, great uh, disenchantment at what was happening in Catholic schools or what was threatening to happen in Catholic schools and uh, he sent me a very nice letter saying I agree with you why don't you speak to the head of, the, um, of our uh, Catholic Sex Education Committee in the diocese mm-hmm. which was news to me right. and the doctor that was the head of it was a birth controller only oh, that he liked to tie women's tubes He was the head of the Catholic Sex Education Committee in the Diocese of Rochester, and later contributed to one of the first sex education programs to be introduced into Catholic schools nationwide.
0: Was Bishop Sheen aware of the guy's background?
1: I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that um, for one reason or another, he did allow a formalized program of sex education to be introduced into the Catholic schools of the diocese, and they are now very much entrenched. Hmm. Interestingly, um, one of the uh, consultants for the program was a Jesuit, Hmm. Uh, who later abandoned the priesthood.
0: Totally, yeah. All right.
1: It's, but, I mean, that's typical of the, the, the Catholic sex education seen all over the country. Right. At that time, by the way, Father Daniel Brent was the superintendent of schools for the Diocese of Rochester. Yes. And Father Daniel Brent later abandoned the priesthood and married a nun. Yes. I, I so mean. I guess sex education can be very effective.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, in case you have just joined us, this is The Extraordinary Catholic, and we are talking with author jim Lakoudis. Uh, jim how um you're i mean you're you're right on uh and you know our society is so desensitized to what you're saying that um you know most people would unfortunately be dismissive and and i'm right with you um how are you working today how do you present yourself uh and, and because you've had an unbelievable career. How do you present yourself to the public? Do you still get out in the media? Are you still uh, as activist as you have been?
1: Well, I have been doing quite a bit of writing, mostly in the ecumenical sphere now, but I never hesitate to accept invitations to speak on parental rights and education or on religious education, catechetics, or on sex education, uh, population control, whatever the... Uh, the educational issue is. Okay. And I continue to do some of that, um, but it's, you know, at the invitation of other parental groups or other groups that are still in the fight.
0: Are you? Uh, of
1: course, we need more, quote, fight, unquote, sure. uh, on the part of our Catholic laity because the church needs their help. You have uh, uh, laity are the ones who can get into the public sphere better. They have, I think you, can, you have to have lay people who will speak to, their, uh, to the members of their family, uh, speak to others that they come into contact with, and put a good word in for truth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're living in a society where, where the media have basically destroyed the concept of truth. Everything is opinion. Sure. You have your opinion. He has his opinion. She has his opinion. Uh, fair and balanced means just sharing opinions Right. or debating opinions. Right. <laughs> but where's the truth? Right. The church has the truth.
0: Yeah.
1: The church is the spokesman for Christ in the modern world. Right. It is, and the church speaks the truth of Christ. And we have to have more vigorous pronunciation of those basic facts. Namely, that the church is committed to truth and we must stand up for truth amidst the false opinions of the day which are destroying the fabric of society, destroying our families, destroying the whole concept of marriage. Look what's being legislated in some states. I know. Same sex arrangements and so forth. I mean, as far as sexuality is concerned, uh, open-ended pornography. You can't, you can't take a car across New York State or Pennsylvania or North Carolina without seeing huge signs you know, for adult entertainment. Jim. And uh, it's a society that basically has turned its back back upon Christ.
0: Have you, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the Screwtape letters of C.S. Lewis. Uh, yes. Uh, the very first letter uh, of Uncle Tape to Wormwood exactly uh, set this strategy out in, in great detail. Uh, the fact that don't ever get your, your people from the point of view of the devil, to think in terms of right or wrong or think in terms of truth. Just get them to think in terms of the expedient and the relative. And that's ex- exactly what has happened. Uh, so Screw Tape was successful, I think, in that regard. What, uh, what are your thoughts on the homeschool movement?
1: Well, I think we have, uh, t- 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 we have attempted, uh, Cuff as an organization has attempted to set up Holy Innocent Schools at the very beginning of its formation as a Catholic organization. We've encouraged the parents to set up schools as the only way in which they can avoid the contamination of the, the rot that was appearing in the public schools.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, basically, you know, parents saw that many of their children were being brainwashed. Right. in secularism and atheism right. and uh, the only way in which they could counteract that if, if it was at all possible was to set up their own schools so we have been very favorable to the homeschooling movement and encouraged it in every way we can okay. many of our cuff chapters chapters of catholic united for the faith uh, sometimes even started as uh, homeschoolers and uh, uh, a lot of Catholics have been engaging in homeschooling in terms of religious education.
0: Sure.
1: I mean, this is the heart of the problem, isn't it? Yes. It An is. authentic education must be a religious and moral education of the child. Mm-hmm. And too many parents have been neglecting that. Uh, and the result has been the, the, the social chaos that we see in modern American society, where, the, where youth are uncontrollable. You can't teach them. I remember trying to substitute in a school a few years ago, uh, thinking, well, I'll get back into a little bit of teaching again, and found myself teaching the unteachable. (laughs) That's that's right. (laughs) So I left. Yes, homeschooling should be definitely encouraged. More Catholics have to bring religion into their homes. They have to teach their children the faith.
0: Absolutely. Are you aware of the uh, court decision in California that seems to limit parental rights on homeschooling?
1: Yes, yes, a judge's decision. Liberal judges continue in many states to oppose the, the rights of the family, the rights of parents. And uh, this, again, results from the, the failure of Catholics to take their own proper political role in society. They have to back candidates who stand for for the proper norms of truth and justice.
0: You have had an illustrious career. Uh, And if you thought back quickly, is there one thing that you would like, A, to achieve and be remembered for? What do you want your legacy to be?
1: I would like my legacy to be basically that I have tried to do something to implement or further uh, the teaching of our Lord that all may be one. Mm. I think, here again, Catholics have failed... Terribly in the ecumenical dimension of the church's mission, that we have to bring all the baptized together again into the one flock established by Christ on Peter the Rock. So, whatever I can do, ecumenically speaking, especially with regards to the Eastern Orthodox Mm -hmm. uh, churches, these are baptized people uh, with a great uh, tradition of Eastern spirituality and theological thought. They are very close to Catholics, and yet, from one point of view very far away we need more Catholics to pray for the unity of all the baptized in Christ bring back the Protestants and the Eastern Orthodox into the flock commissioned by Christ to Peter so whatever I can do ecumenically I would like to be remembered for at least trying my three books dealing with Eastern Orthodoxy I think are a real contribution to that effort I only wish and pray that more Catholics would engage in prayer to fulfill the words of our Lord, that all may be one that the world may believe.
0: That's a perfect way, Jim, to end this segment. I would love to have you back to talk about the ecumenism and the Eastern Orthodox issue that you're talking about, and I hope when we extend that invitation you would join us. In the meantime, could you share with us your website so that people uh, could find out more about you and your work?
1: Yes, they can go to my website, buffalo One word. C-R- C-R-E-D-O-B-U-F-F-A-L-O.com.
0: Thank you so much for your time. God bless you, and we will pray with you that we all may be one.
1: Thank you, Jim LaFood. Thank you very much. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right.
0: Thank you for being with us for today's Extraordinary Catholic. We hope you have found the program inspirational and informative, and truly hope you can join us again. I'm John Delacato.